Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to uh, this afternoon's webinar. My name is John Marzola. I'm a partner here at the Lois Law Firm, and I'm joined by my partner, Declan Gorley and Joe Jones. Thanks for joining us today. And we're here today because a big domino has fallen in the virtual hearing world, that being Jamaica. Our largest hearing point by volume year in and year out is going virtual as of Monday, December 3rd. And uh, we find this to be rather big news because, as I indicated, um, that's where the most claims are ending up. And now that just about does it for the virtual hearing points, uh, with the exception of Newburgh and Allegheny, right, Declan? Yeah, so Newburgh is a hearing point that I regularly attend. Allegheny, New York, I've never even heard of, so I don't know how <laughs> big in the grand scheme of things they are. Um, so at this point, every hearing point in the state, except for Newburgh and Allegheny, New York, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, uh, have virtual hearing capability. So if you have a hearing anywhere in the state other, other than Allegheny, New York, feel free to send it to us because we can handle it for you. Right. So um, we, when we last spoke about virtual hearings, uh, we were breaking the news that the board had announced that virtual hearings are here to stay because when they rolled this out last year, it was right around this time last year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it was supposed to be a pilot program and we really didn't have any idea how it was going to go. It was kind of um, uh, uncharted territory in terms of allowing claimants and defense counsel and claimants counsel to appear via video conferencing. And for all we knew, uh, it wasn't going to work, but apparently it has. Yeah, with great success. I think people have been surprised at how well New York in general has done with this job of rolling this out. Uh, I remember last year, about I think it was November of last year, when they initially said we're going to roll out a pro pilot program in the uh, Albany Manance hearing point. And here we are a year later, and every almost every hearing point in the state is now virtual. And Joe is one of our New York attorneys, sorry, New Jersey attorneys, and he's here kind of today to play devil's advocate to. Yeah, so I know you guys approached me beforehand saying, why are you in this webinar? You're in New Jersey and you do New Jersey. Uh, we don't have any virtual hearing points in New Jersey, and I don't see that there's any plan for them to go that way. Uh, but when I heard you guys were doing this, I had a couple of questions, I guess, really, because I've, I've been hearing about this for a year now uh, and, ha and seeing the transition take place. Um, I just recently had a trial on a mid-temp motion where a doctor asked to be uh, done his testimony by video, and the judge allowed that. And there were a lot of connection issues. There was static on his end. He couldn't hear the questions being asked. And ultimately, the judge wound up uh, stopping the testimony and demanding that the doctor come in live to do it. So I'm just wondering, did you guys, have you seen or experienced any technical issues? Do you have any problems with the, the virtual hearings? Or No, actually, uh, it's been quite the opposite. And I think that's why it was recently determined that the virtual program's here to stay. Because let's face it, <laughs> there was a lot of room for this to be a total disaster. I mean, um, it was something brand new. Um, and it wasn't something uh, they tested out a few times. I mean, they just went they just went live with virtual in, was it Albany, Declan? Yeah, Albany and Man's area was first, and then pretty quickly in quick succession every single month. It seems like since then they've been rolling them out. I personally have been doing this for about a year now since Albany was one of the hearing points I handle, and I haven't really seen any technological errors. It's Anything that's been an error that has happened I've seen is usually it's user error, so the judge forgetting to push a button. Okay. And I, I'm assuming that as time goes on here, as we're doing every single hearing now has virtual hearings, um, they're only going to get better at this, I would hope. <laughs> Now, is it is it mandatory that you have to appear by video, or can someone still kind of claim claim it? For example, still go to the court. Yeah, no, by no means is it mandatory. We just have the option to do it, okay. and um, we've taken that opportunity to appear virtually almost exclusively at this point. Um, and you know, first and foremost, we found we found that our clients have appreciated that because it saves them costs and it saves them uh, saves us time and it saves them costs. 
uh, for us to appear virtually, you know, with the exception of having to sit in the virtual waiting room, uh, <laughs> which is an inevitability, right? Like they're never ready to go right on time. Um, but that's just negligible compared to sitting on the George Washington Bridge for an hour and a half, you know, uh, you know, or at least having to waiting allow room. us that much time uh, to get to our hearings on time. So, um, again, not by any means mandatory. We still do appear from time to time um, if there's a trial. Um, with multiple witnesses, perhaps if there's a you know a translator involved with the claimant, um, and you know it may behoove us to be there in person and go over documents with employer witnesses. But even that's rare because uh, employers are able to now call employer witnesses rather are allowed to call into the hearing, and I have personally found that uh, they are much more inclined to make an appearance. Uh, and give testimony when they don't have to uh, leave their home in order to come into court. Because I've, you know, seen a time in, time out. You get an employer witness on the phone. They're all excited to tell you about, you know, why exactly the claim wasn't compensable and why the, you know, the the employee was lying. But when you tell them, okay, great, here's the time and date you have to be in court. All of right. a sudden, it's, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if I can be there that day. But you don't have, they don't have those concerns when they can call in to a virtual hearing. And when you say call in, do you mean they're not even appearing by video? They're just phone conferencing in? Correct. Yeah, I haven't personally seen a, 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 an employer witness uh, video into a virtual hearing. They have called in, in my experience, although if they have the capabilities to do that, they certainly would be uh, able to do so. I've seen both. I think primarily it's been by phone, uh, making themselves available when the case is called. They put their phone number in and then the judges, when the judge pushes a the button, they're automatically called. Um, but I've seen them also appear by video. Um, from as little like having a cell phone in their hand and then you, all you see is a chin on the phone, but on your yeah. camera. Uh, so that's a technological issue that we have. We just, instead of seeing the whole person, we see a chin anymore. But um, again, I think that the technology has been great uh, as far as the streaming, the broadband has pretty much been on point, no real slowdowns. And then the cameras themselves are, I mean, I know that the board has spent a lot of money on them. Um, I had, when I was still going, because I'm in Newburgh on a regular basis, the judges appear there virtually. So you have judges sitting up in the NANS and they, they're tell they're, they're on video. You're actually physically in the hearing point. And I've had issues where we're showing a security camera uh, surveillance video on a laptop in the hearing point and the judge is able to zoom in on the, on the video and tell us the timestamp on the video. So that's wow. how okay. good their technology is, which is pretty impressive. Okay. That, that actually leads me to another question I was going to give you. Um, so if you, in a trial, you often present a document to the witness, whether it's a doctor, you show them his report or an MRI film or something. How does that type of thing take place when it's virtual? So <clears throat> actually, ironically, that is by far, um, in my opinion, the biggest advantage to virtual hearings from a defense perspective on the carrier side, where uh, a lot of times we're facing an uphill battle to uh, you know, prove that a claim isn't compensable or that the claimant didn't adequately produce work search proofs. Um, look, the rules of evidence in New York workers' compensation courts are relaxed, and that's being generous, okay? Same in New Jersey. I mean, it is very much a gotcha uh, state as far as the rules of evidence are concerned. And I can't tell you the amount of times, you know, you go to court, you have a nice game plan, you couldn't be any more prepared um, to uh, successfully prevail on an application to reduce or suspend benefits. But best laid plans all of a sudden go up in flames when the claimant reaches into their backpack and they, you know, I don't know, sometimes it's crumbled, sometimes it's clean, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the point is they just slide across a piece of evidence that no one had ever seen before, including right. the judge until that very moment. Okay. Well, when you're appearing virtual, uh, I've noticed that the judges are a lot less tolerant of that practice. Uh, and we've been prevailing where uh, we've gone to court, uh, we've said, hey, listen, the claimant doesn't have updated medical evidence. We're looking for a suspension of benefits. And lo and behold, the, you know, the claimant's counsel will say, oh, not so fast, judge. We've got it right here. 
and the judge is looking at them sideways saying, well, wait a minute, have you, is it part of the board file? Has defense okay. had an opportunity to review this yet? And of course we haven't. And, and the judge you know, at that moment says, all right, well, listen, you had, you had plenty of time to know about this hearing uh, and our application has prevailed. So ironically, I find the virtual uh, hearing experience to be very beneficial to carriers from a, you know, an evidentiary perspective. That's interesting. I and hadn't I, thought of that issue. I would say that most common for me, it's medical reports. I think if it's like one, the most common thing is we go there for suspension or reduction and the claimant shows it says, here's my total disability report. I know it's not in the board file, but here it is now. And I think most judges are giving them a little bit of leeway if it's one page. Um, but the biggest thing for us is when we go to a trial to cross-examine a claimant regarding labor market attachment, and they're supposed to produce evidence of work search. Right. It used to be they would come literally with a stack of papers, maybe 80 pages, and it'd be like, okay, cross-examine me. And how do you have time to prepare for that? Um, judges, in my experience in the past year, have been much more more uh, likely to say, no, we're not doing this today. Uh, defense counsel gets the opportunity to review that, put it into the board file. It hasn't been submitted five days in advance of the hearing. Um, and the case will get continued. And I've even had suspensions of benefits because they didn't submit the documents right. timely. That's a big advantage too then, yeah. And there, there are no regulations yet. So I'm assuming that now that this is a permanent thing that they're gonna regulate this. But as of now, there's a virtual hearing claimants guide and that's where it tells claimants they're supposed to doc submit their documents five days in advance of a hearing. So okay. I'm assuming that the statutes and the regulations will be amended now that this is becoming permanent. Hmm. But for the time being, it's kind of like uh, uh, judges are making up their rules as they go along, I think for evidence purposes. Okay. And one other thing um, that I was thinking about today, um, as we're about to turn the calendar to December, um, you know, here, well, really, it doesn't matter if you're downstate or upstate, but New York is a pretty brutal state, you know, between the months of December and let's call it March in terms of the weather. And although, you know, generally speaking, they're, they're loath to shut down uh, the courts for inclement weather, it does happen. And, uh, you know, clients of ours have found it very frustrating that they've waited anywhere from, you know, 30 to 90 days to get their their hearing called, um, and then you know you get a bad weather day, and now right. well, there's no hearings, and I got to wait another 30 to 60 days. But I imagine and anticipate uh, with the hearings being able to be held virtually, we're going to see less of that this year, uh, and you know you won't be at that disadvantage where you have to wait another you know month or so to be able to have your application heard um, because we can do the hearing virtually. Yeah, I don't know if that was necessarily a planned out thing by the board. I mean, I'm assuming they thought about it, but that's definitely one of the most common things or one of the most common pros that I've seen is that no chance of, a, really no chance of a canceled hearing and less likely that someone's going to have an issue. I mean, the last thing you want is someone to get in an accident, go into a hearing in inclement weather and possibly have a new uh, claim for workers' compensation <laughs> yeah. based on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so I think at this time uh, we'll turn it over to see if we have any questions from the audience today. And I, and I hope they're not for me. <laughs> about virtual hearings. All right. Well, if you do have any questions, feel free to email us. Uh, you can um, feel free to send us any questions, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, I believe our next webinar is on Monday, December 17th, where we'll be addressing uh, reimbursement in Section 20, Section 29 lien rights. And not to completely throw you off, but before we go, I did want to mention the fact that uh, in the next week or so, this book comes out, our New York Workers' Comp book and our New Jersey workers' comp book with our wonderful new graphics in the front of them. Um, if you're a client of ours, you will get this, you'll, you'll start getting these in the mail. And if you're not a currently client of ours or, and you want a book, uh, just go to our website, loisllc.com, and you can request a book on there. Um, as you can see, we've got quite the stack behind us. So <laughs> They're going to go very quickly, so uh, <laughs> think about us. You know,
holidays are coming, stocking stuffer. stuffers. I mean, who doesn't want one of these yeah, comic books in your stuff? My your wife's already right? pre-ordered. So. <laughs> Very good for the kids, the kids too. They're going to love it. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a nice weekend. Take care. Enjoy.